Hey, Josh, welcome to Stories by Scrimba. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for having me. We were blown away when we saw that your COVID invaders game went viral and you told us that you learned how to build parts of it using Scrimba. Yeah, I learned a lot using the front end web developer career path and I ended up building co-invaders using those courses. That's amazing. I want to go right to the beginning and ask, where did the idea for COVID invaders even come from? And for people who are listening and perhaps haven't had a chance to check it out, firstly, check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> There's even a great rap song that, Josh, I can't believe you made a song to go over the game. It's a banger. I love it. Um, but it's a super fun game, a little bit like uh, Space Invaders, maybe, where you sort of use a needle to inject the vaccine into oncoming enemies or something. It's a super creative idea and it's executed brilliantly from a technical point of view, like it's like a polished game. It's insane to think you built it at 16. So where did the idea come from? Yeah, so I thought of the idea of Code Invaders a few months ago when the vaccine was just about to roll out. And I thought to myself, when I was taking the front end web developer career path course by Scrimba, why don't I build a game just to kind of practice JavaScript and CSS and just to practice what I've learned. And then I ended up realizing that I should actually build a game related to the vaccine. And I also talked to my friend Rome and he's like one of the creators of the game on the website. And he kind of told me to build something related to cleaning and, and vaccine related. So I decided why don't I build COVID invaders where you can shoot the vaccine at the virus. It's amazing. It's such a clever idea. And I guess there's a little like message behind it as well. Like you are kind of promoting the vaccine. And I think it makes sense then that a lot of uh, like news stations even picked it up to share the app or the game and the story. Yeah, I think the main reason why the news stations liked it is because they thought it was really relevant and, and just kind of just helped kind of illustrate what the vaccine is and what it does to the virus. And my goal with the rap song especially was to make it kind of funny and just to kind of help illustrate what the game is and how you can play the game. And in the song, I talk about how you can like actually shoot the vaccine at the virus. And every time you shoot the vaccine, you can also hear a little noise that sounds like it explodes, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. And so how did you approach building it? Because I know you were following the front end career path. Uh, Anya Kabao has some modules on building games like Pac-Man. But as far as I can tell, you had to do quite a lot of work to get this to the level it's at. How, how did you approach it from choosing a technology stack to hosting the game? There's a lot of really nice graphics in the game too. I'm curious how they came to life. Yeah, so when I started building this game, I thought to myself, well, first, how is it going to look like? So I, I actually worked with a professional designer. Maybe you've heard of him. He's on Indie Hackers called Design Joy. It's, it's this design agency, but it's actually this, just this one person um, working really hard. And I worked with him just to make the designs and kind of get, give him some ideas. And he kind of implemented them in like Figma. And then I looked at the designs and at first it kind of looked a little bit different than it does now on COVID Invaders. But I kind of gave him some feedback and I wanted to tell him it should be really easy to play. And he also designed it so you can play it on your phone, but still on the website. So it's not like an app. And then mm -hmm. after he designed it for like about two or three weeks, uh, of iterations, I kind of started implementing it. And the tech stack I chose was jQuery, which is kind of funny because it's like this very really old, you know, and I used jQuery and just regular CSS, nothing with SAS um, or BEM, but just use regular CSS um, selectors. And after that, and use HTML, obviously. And, and then I also at the end of the game, um, if you play for 30 seconds, you can see like a leaderboard. So you can actually type in your name and save it. And so for that, I used Python. Um, Flask, just simple Python um, backend, and then I kind of I kind of connected the the different languages and frameworks, and boom, Cove Innovators is alive. Sick, Josh. That's so cool. 
And I, I think honestly, a lot of, um, I mean, you're 16, right? Yeah, I'm 16 years old. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that because I think that's like impressive firstly, but also I know there are going to be quite a few people listening who probably a little bit envious of your ability and how capable you are of building an app from scratch. And I think it was really smart, by the way, bringing in a designer to level up the game because not all developers feel like they want to do both design and development. So finding help when you need it, I think is a great practical tip. How did your coding journey begin? Yeah, so I started learning how to code when I was around 11 years old. My older brother, he kind of started teaching me because he was already an experienced software developer at that time. And uh, that was like five years ago. So I was like much younger and just kind of immature. And I didn't really want to learn. I didn't know the benefits of learning coding. And so I kind of gave up. And after that, around two years later, when I came back from school, I still remember it was the first day of summer, summer break. And I think I was like finishing sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember. I think, yeah, I think sixth grade. And I, my brother welcomed me in the door in my house and he said, hey, uh, now that you have more time, maybe you should start learning how to code. And so I still remember that because it was like very memorable. And after that, I started teaching myself how to code. At first, I remember I was sitting in my bedroom for five hours on the floor and you would never guess what I was stuck on. I was stuck on um, adding padding zero to the body because this div had some padding. So I was just confused. But that was the old days when I was just a beginner. But ever since then, I've been teaching myself with different courses. And I found Scrimba around a few months ago. And I really enjoyed it because you can actually click in the video and code. That's like, that's crazy. I don't even know how you built that, but uh. <laughs> other developers built it. Um, but I really want to, you know, learn from the Scrimba courses and other courses that I found online. I, I really enjoy Tyler McGinnis as well. He has many courses. I just have a variety because different people have different methods of teaching. So I, I like having a variety. But ever since then, I've just been building apps and I actually had a few paid clients and I, I did some CSS work for them and implemented landing pages. And I've also learned some no-code tools like Webflow. I really like Webflow because you can just easily build like an even an app, even like a like beginner version of an app. And just been learning some design. But yeah, with COVID Invaders, I worked with a professional designer and just kind of like combining all the skills I've had to build it. There's one thing which I'm hearing that I'm really keen to dig into. And it sounds to me like you have a very pragmatic approach and you always shoot for a destination, whether it's getting a freelance client, completing a game or something else, for example. I know you're working on something new with your brother. We'll get to that a bit later. I want to dig into all of that. But first, I think a lot of people wonder if it's easier to learn to code when they're younger. And I don't expect you can compare both because you're still young and it's impossible to know the other side. But I'm just curious, what's your take on it? Do you think it's easier to learn to code when you're young? Yeah, I mean, I actually think it is easier because you don't really have any like responsibilities like a family or just your house, you have to pay rent or anything like that. So I think it's really easy because I, I mean, I just have more time. I just have to do, you know, a few homework assignments and just do online school and yeah, I can just start coding right away. And I really think it's, it's also great because if you start young, you have more like a, you, you can just have fun with it and you don't have to like rush to learn. But if you're, you know, in your 20s or 30s even, and you kind of have to rush to learn and you don't really enjoy it because you can just, you know, you have to like start making money as fast as possible. But for me, obviously my goal is to make money and I actually do make money from coding, but my goal is also to learn and to have fun and build games like COVID Invaders. I like that a lot. I think when you're having fun, it's like the ultimate kind of productivity hack. Like that's when the time flies by. And when you put your head up, you've actually made some really cool projects and learned some uh, nice things. 
it's also very encouraging to hear the the resources you've used to learn how to code. Um, it wasn't through school, right? Like it was largely what you found online, whether it's Scrimba. I agree, Talon McGuinness is great. Um, and those resources are available to everybody. So that's really encouraging to hear at least. And so regarding COVID invaders one more time, and I, I wanna bring this back to this idea of uh, coding to achieve a specific objective. What was the objective with COVID invaders? And how did, like, did you go to these news stations and ask them to cover it? Like, how did it get discovered? Yeah, so at first when I was building it, I kind of just wanted to build a game. And my goal was really to kind of go viral just because I thought it would be literally fun and like no pun intended with the virus. But um, with COVID invaders, I kind of just decided, why don't I just try like getting on the news? Because I actually got on the news in Minnesota where I live um, for building like a sleep tool where you can just type in what time you want to go to bed or what time you have to wake up. And it tells you when you should go to sleep that night based on REM cycles, which is basically like just this form of timing your sleep. But when I built that, I got in the news because I reached out to the news reporters and they covered it. So I decided, why don't I use the same technique to get on the news? And I'll share that in a bit um, to get on the news for COVID invaders. And I thought it was, and I knew it was much more relevant. So I knew I had to kind of do some efforts with press and just kind of get lots of attention to COVID invaders. Did you say you'd get to that part in a minute? Yeah. So that's what I want to share now. So I guess the way my strategy with COVID invaders was to kind of just have like an email script and uh, find like the right news stations. And the way I did that was to make sure that they don't, they don't really have any interesting things going on. So I realized that if, if you find news stations that don't have any interesting things going on, they're definitely want to cover you because you're, you've given them a story that's relevant. And also if you're young, it even helps even more. And that's what I did. I just came up with an email script. And I guess the title of each post is mainly like 16 year old builds COVID invaders game that goes viral. And I, it actually did go viral. Like I saw in Google analytics, it showed like meant like a hundred people the first day of playing on indie hackers I posted. It, and I think that's what came from it. And then the next day it was like 700 and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then when I started getting on the news, it became like more like a thousand every day. And then 2000, I was like, wow, this is like amazing. So then um, that's the strategy. It was really just find news stations that don't have any interesting things going on and reach out to them with like an email script. That's clever, man. I like that a lot. And it speaks to the fact that, well, I think uh, Stories by Scrimba and a lot of people in the Scrimba community, they are perhaps a little bit older, but also focused on getting that first job role. And okay, so they learn to code just like you, but where I think a lot of people struggle and somewhere you excel actually is in that kind of... Uh, almost marketing side of things, both marketing yourself, knocking on doors, but also I think you have a knack, of course, when you build something like uh, COVID Invaders, the, there's a brand there with the graphics and the music and that kind of stuff. It's, it might be a difficult question to answer, to be fair, but I am super curious about your perspective nonetheless. What, what do you think would be a good strategy for someone to get a job if they maybe have similar coding skills to you because as you mentioned, you're employable in that you've earned some money writing code on a freelance basis. Perhaps you'd like to speak about freelancing because you have more experience with it. But if you wouldn't mind also adding how you might end up looking for a job. And I appreciate you're super young and it's something you maybe haven't thought about yet, but I'm just curious to hear what you'll say. And I think other people might be too. Yeah. So I think the main tip I would give um, is to have like a specific skill set that you're really good at. Like, for example, for me, it's CSS. I'm really confident in writing CSS. And then to like build a portfolio of projects that you built with CSS and to kind of showcase that in your, on your portfolio and to also build like a really nice website. And even if you have to work with a designer to make the website, that's fine because your skill set is CSS. But for example, for other people, it would be JavaScript. So then you can build maybe like a game 
like cookie clicker where you can, every time you click it increases and you could just add upgrades and kind of showcase your skills. So I think the main thing is to have like a, like a main skill set, like a, like a language you're really good at. And then after that kind of branch out and start teaching yourself JavaScript and Python or whatever it is, just to kind of get familiar with other languages so then you can get hired. How did you go about getting your first freelance clients, Josh? It was actually kind of funny, the story um, of how I got them. So I had a few friends, like I was like, I think I was like 14 at the time. Yeah, I think 14 or 15. So I kind of just reached out to them. I said, hey, let me know if anyone you know needs a website. Just like, I, I was just willing to do it for free at that time. I just wanted to get the word out and kind of share my, um, you know, my web development knowledge with other people. And so my friend told me that his dad actually wanted a website for his photography business. And he has like a photography, um, he, like he, he basically takes really good pictures of birds and, and of animals, but he doesn't really sell them because he doesn't know how. So he wanted like a website where he could sell them. So I decided to build like a simple portfolio with like a header. It says his name. It says, you know, you can buy my photos. And then there's like a gallery of photos that he's made. And I kind of actually just designed that myself. Like, I think I got some inspiration, but I think I designed that myself. It's not like amazing, but it's like decent. And so I kind of built a website for him. And after that, I kind of did the same thing um, with other people. They needed me in a website just for fun. And I charged like 50 bucks, I think nothing crazy, but like now, like, you know, you can't really charge 50 bucks. You can't make a living off of it, but that's how I started. I kind of just reached out to my friends and at school. And I just said, do you know if anyone needs a website? And they connected me. I love this fresh perspective. I think a lot of people have a tendency to, perhaps when you're, when you're older, you do have other obligations and stuff like that. Like you maybe can't pay your bills, um, whether it might be uh, on just a few small freelance clients. But I think your, your attitude is spot on where you just knock on doors and provide value to people. And you don't go and say, hey, I can code. You go to them and say, hey, I can show you how to sell what you're creating and, and make money. So therefore, this is a good investment in me. And it also sounds like you recognize that, you know, what is, I'm not sure how much you might pay a designer for the COVID invaders graphics and stuff like that, but presumably it's a very good investment. If at the end of the day, you're building a product, which is going to go viral, put your name out there compared to a salary in the future or revenue from a product, wherever it might be, it's, it's kind of small, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely worth investment just to kind of get the word out. But then once you have like a little bit of an audience, you can kind of just share your projects and you might even get hired just from the audience because someone might like your story or your projects that you built. Absolutely. And so like I might have mentioned, a lot of people at Scrimba, they're looking for freelance roles or their full-time developer role. I definitely get the vibe from you, Josh, that you're more, you're more likely to go down that entrepreneurial route. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I think I like being an entrepreneur because you can be more creative and you're kind of less assigned tasks and more you get to create your own tasks. And so like, I like, you know, like for example, co-innovators, like you can't really like tell someone, Hey, I want to hire you for co-innovators because then they can just steal your idea and kind of market it if they're, if they're good at it. But if you just to come up with yourself um, with an idea and you can like market it as well as build it, then you're kind of set. You're in total control, right? You can, anything you imagine you can create and you get the final say in where it's going to go and what it's going to look like. Yeah. What's more important, Josh, marketing or coding? Um, I think marketing, because if you build something and it's, it's even decent, then you have to market it in a way that shows people why it's actually good and worth buying. But if you just build something and you're really good at building it and you've been building it for like two years, but no one hears about, you know, no one hears about it or your pricing is wrong and you just like either charge too little or too much, then no one's going to buy it. And I think the main thing I learned um, with one of the projects I built around a year and a half ago 
was this HTML theme kind of website. It's called loverlanding.com. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing amazing, but it's like decent HTML themes that I made. And, and I only got one customer, but that wasn't even from my marketing efforts. And I think it's because there's so many HTML themes. So I think I didn't know what marketing was at that point around a year and a half ago. Um, so I just built it and I took like around a month to build it. But then when I launched it, it got lots of attention on indie, indie hackers. And I actually didn't get any customers. So I was kind of bummed out. But I think the main reason why I didn't get customers was because there's already thousands of other HTML themes and you can buy them for you know the same price, but they're much better. And that's a problem. I didn't choose like a very niche kind of product to build. I just built something that everyone else already has and they didn't buy mine because it's, why would they, right? Absolutely. I, I agree completely. Like I can't say it because I have a British accent, but I think it's the American phrase, like rich, riches and niches kind of thing. And then yeah. I think in 2021, like there are more people on the internet than ever. And therefore things are quite saturated. And if, you, and if you're listening and you feel as though perhaps the job market is also saturated, firstly, that's probably not true because for every new person on the web, there's a need for another app that needs a developer to build it. So you're probably doing the absolute best thing by learning to code. Um, but also to your point earlier, Josh, about sort of honing in on those core skills and doing them really well to solve a specific problem. I think finding a niche and expanding is a very appealing strategy in 2021, whether it's building your skills as a developer or uh, building a product, for example, or an audience for that matter, if you're looking to influence people on social media and stuff like that. I think you're really tuned in, Josh. It's really refreshing to hear. I mean, again, I'm just going to reiterate, like when I was a bit younger, I kind of hated when people used to bring up my age and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm reluctant, but equally, you're only 16 right now. What's, in the, what's next for you? What's coming up? Yeah, so right now, I guess I'll just show what I'm working on. But I'm not going to name what it is just because it's not done yet. But I'm working on this startup with my brother. Um, and basically what it is, let's say you go on a website and you have a question, you can just type into this chat little chat box and you can ask them a question. Usually they use intercom or drift. Those are the popular chat live chat bots. But what we're building is a video call version of that. So instead of someone typing into the box, Hey, I have a question about this product you sell. You can actually just have a video call with them on your website. So that's, that's what we're working on now. And it's, it's really fun um, to build it because I've learned a lot about CSS and just JavaScript in general, but um, the way, you know, my brother built it at first, um, the idea was, let's say someone fills out a form on your website, um, and they type in their phone number and they have like a question, let's say it's like a cleaning site and they just want to get cleaning services. That's in the case for my brother. That's what he was. And, um, the instant, and my brother built this, um, product where the instant, um, they type in their phone number and submit the form, um, this, this Twilio, that's what my brother used to build it. It calls both the salesperson at the cleaning company and the customer who filled out the form and it combines their, I guess, call together and they start talking to each other. So the second you fill out the form, you don't, you don't expect someone to call you back right away, but it actually does. And it does in an automated way. And that's, that's the original version of this product we're building. But now it's more like you, let's say you have a question about this really expensive product, like on Gucci.com, for example, and you want to buy this good handbag for your friend, but you're not sure if you want to buy it. You can just um, ring the bell on the site and you can actually talk to the salesperson and, and you can ask them any questions. I like it a lot. I think it's timely. Like people are more willing to jump on a video call now more than ever. Maybe just a year ago, people might have been uh, more reluctant. But yeah, like a Gucci bag, a Louis Vuitton scarf, or even a car or something, right? Like in the UK, people are just buying cars on click and collect. Probably a big purchase to make without speaking to someone, right? And if they are 
buying high ticket items, that means there's probably a good value proposition there for your product. So sounds like you're onto something exciting. For, for anybody who doesn't know, Twilio is a uh, API slash SDK that enables SMS messaging as well as voice calls via telephone numbers. Essentially, when you make an account, you get assigned a phone number, you can buy phone numbers unique to your business and stuff like that. And like Josh described, you can create group calls and that kind of thing. It sounds like you're moving away from traditional telephone numbers to like an online based solution. From a, from a technical point of view, I think people might be curious, how are you approaching video calls as a feature of your app? So I would say I, I can just talk about what I built on the project. And I think I have like a high level understanding, but my brother mainly worked on like the back end and actually making it work at first. So I think he mainly used Twilio and he kind of just, um, he was WebRTC. I'm not really familiar with those, um, like those languages or frameworks because I actually didn't use them to build it, but that's what he used. And I guess that's all I can talk about it. But um, he kind of just like built it at first. He worked with the same designer, DesignJoy. And he kind of got like an initial mock-up of it. And it's like this little um, bell on your website. And basically like instead of like an intercom chat, just this bell and you can hit the bell and then it's kind of calls the agent. And there's the, the, what the agent sees is there's a dashboard, which we also are working on. And there's this little card that pops up every time there's a new user on your website. And so two things can happen. You can either click on the card and, and turn on your video and actually call them. So then you can just start talking right away, but they don't see you, you can see them and you can't see them. But um, the other way is they ring the bell on the site and then you get notified in the dashboard and then um, you can actually join the call and start talking to them. So that's, that's kind of the high level of what it is. But what I um, contribute to the project and I'm still doing right now is the CSS part of it and some of the React as well. We're using React and we're using lots of Python, Flask and WebRTC. We're also using, um, I think, just like general, yeah, React, CSS. We're using lots of BEM. BEM is really important for this project. And I think BEM is like one of the things that I learned recently. It kind of just makes your project more organized, even though you don't need it for you know any application, you don't actually need to use BEM conventions. You can still use it. And I, I highly recommend it for anyone. BEM is one of those words, I think, when if you haven't heard it before, like, like what did he say? But it's an right. acronym, right? B-E-M and it's block element modifier. And it describes right. a convention for naming your elements when you assign a class to a element in HTML so that you can style it in a scalable manner. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. I think it's such a good convention to use and there are other conventions, but I just haven't looked into them. For sure, that's sick, Josh. And aside from this, do you have plans to go to university or continue freelancing, maybe get a full-time job? Or do you think you're gonna stick to the entrepreneurial route for the time being? I think I'll definitely stick to the entrepreneurship round. Um, I don't plan on going to college and, um, you know, I don't really plan on like, I, I plan on taking a GED for high school when I'm turned 17. So in about like nine or 10 months. And I think it just like, to be honest, I think school is not really a good use of time because you can just teach yourself how to code and not only code, but also digital marketing. And you can just teach yourself how to design. There's so many skills you can learn online just from YouTube even, and you don't even need to worry about school or someone teaching you. What's your opinion on computer science degrees? I mean, I, I don't have any, like, I, I don't really know if, if it's good to learn computer science in college, but I, I just know that it's, you can teach yourself faster online. So why would you even go to college where you can just teach yourself online the same skill set, but at your own pace. And also just, it's just less stressful because you don't get really get graded necessarily. And I, th I mean, even computer science, you can learn online. I thought I saw like a few months ago, there was like this website 
where they just put out this whole course on computer science and you just teach yourself. Computer science is more about earning a piece of paper and you work towards that certificate. Whereas when you teach yourself, you're actually aiming for employable skills that can create outcomes for employers or for customers or for yourself, right? If you're building your own product. I agree. So Josh, is there anything else you want to share or talk about before we wrap up? Um, I would say just, um, just like, I guess some tips I learned along the way of teaching myself how to code. The first mistake I made was kind of um, not being like productive and kind of getting distracted by social media. And I think for some people they need social media because they have a business, but um, there's many ways to like reduce it and you can just delete it on your phone. And, and I think the main lesson I've learned was deleting social media and also not playing any video games. So even though I, I build video games, I don't play any. And I do play co-innovators, but not, it's not addicting. So I think, and that's one thing I was going to talk about was how I built co-innovators with a 30 second time limit. So you can only play it for 30 seconds and you're not really going to get addicted to it. Hmm, that's a very interesting decision because a lot of business people would actually say that is like against driving engagement on the app. What was your, what was your thought process there? Yeah. I mean, I just thought like if anyone really likes the game and they're, they really they just heard about it on the news or somewhere else, they're going to like restart and play it again. Cause you can play it again. You can just tap play again. But I think like, I didn't want anyone to get addicted to it because like my whole philosophy and like my whole like mindset is to not get addicted to things and just to not waste your time on games. And like before, like about a year and a half ago, or maybe even two years ago, um, it was the summer and I was about to start like, you know, I didn't have any school and school ended and I was about to start playing Fortnite, this popular game, Fortnite. Uh-huh. And I was about to start playing and buying some skins maybe and just playing with my friends. But then I, then my older brother told me, why are you playing? You should be learning coding. You could be learning coding. And I thought to myself, yeah, you're right. Why am I playing? Because I could be actually making a game instead of playing a game. And that's kind of when my mindset changed on like being productive. And, and I also started writing on my blog on joshfernand.com about like productivity and what I learned. And it's actually like really interesting. I, I don't even think that you have to be an adult to be productive. I think that teenagers have so much time, but they're wasting it. Well, yeah, from if Fortnite is anything to go by, then I can agree more. Yeah, it was, it was a fun game while it lasted. Yeah. All right, Josh. Um, I think we could wrap up the interview there. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to um, plug any call to action. Is there anything in particular you want people to check out? We're going to link COVID invaders. We're going to link your blog, of course. Is there anything else you want people to check out before they drop off? Yeah, I would say, you know, I publish lots of videos on my YouTube channel. So you can just check out my YouTube channel. I'm sure there'll be a link, but it's just Josh Turniak, my name. And there I publish like videos on how to be productive. I publish some interviews with other developers and other entrepreneurs. And I also just talk about my story of becoming a full-time web developer at the age of 16. And yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to plug. And I just looked it up and I can see that Kill the Virus official audio is on the YouTube channel. So if you want to bop to that, that tune, then you can. <laughs> yeah. I also publish some songs. So. Yeah, you told me you're a freestyle, you could freestyle rap. That was sick. Yeah, I mean, I can try freestyling right now, even about about Scrimba. If that's okay, I can try. Like, yeah, a little. Ab- absolutely. Like I wasn't gonna ask even, but definitely. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, I started learning how to code when I was eleven. My brother told me you're acting like you're seven. I didn't know the acronyms for HTML and CSS, but then I taught myself BEM conventions, and my brother got impressed. Yes. <laughs> Love it, Josh. What a beautiful note, literally a notes to end on. 
Thank you one more time, Josh. Good luck with everything in the future.